Folks, welcome into a special edition of Degenerate Danger Zone. Meerkat and myself, Ty B, will be breaking down the NFC West and the AFC West, looking at some futures going into the NFL season. But first, we got to give a shout out to our sponsor, Paza Electric. Give them a call today at 716-698-2711. Paza Electric can help with any residential or commercial electrical project you need. Doesn't matter if it's something as small as just a service service checkup or if it's something as big as new home wiring, give them a shout again, 716-698-2711. All right, Meerkat, we're right here. We're getting so close to NFL football, but we have to talk about some futures here because the NFL has got to be my favorite sport to be putting futures in on. Oh, 100%. NFL is my favorite sport to watch, to follow, to bet on, and especially to put futures on because there are so many options from division winners, team total wins, player props, you know, award winners. You can bet on everything in the NFL. And if you look hard enough or do your research, there's a ton, a ton of value, favorable lines, stuff you can take advantage of if you, you know, think you know what's going on this year. Yep, exactly. So we're going to start first with the NFC West. And last season you had the 49ers go all the way to the Super Bowl. And just recent, not too long ago, the um, the Rams were there as well. I'm like thinking, I'm like looking at my shirt. I'm like, oh, the Rams, <laughs> duh. Um, but right now you got the 49ers sitting at almost even money as the favorites to win that division. Seahawks around plus 220. Rams at plus 550. Cardinals at plus 700. I think this is one of the more interesting divisions in all of football, if not possibly the strongest overall division in all of football. Yeah, that's something I was going to bring up is just this is such a strong division. I like all of these teams this year. You know, these are all teams that could surpass their team total over wins. Um, you know, Cardinals are the bottom dogs here at the bottom of the division with the, uh, you know, big odds there. But that's a team that could surprise people too. A ton of talent that people like this year. Like you said, Rams were just in the Super Bowl, kind of did a mini rebuild and then. Uh, Seahawks, 49ers, you know, I think the 49ers, not that they're frauds, but I don't think their odds should be this high to win the division this year. You know, last year they were great, but I don't think they're going to replicate that same success this year. Uh, I really, really like the Seahawks this year. Like, I love them to Mm -hmm. win the division. You know, I think when we get into the, you know, uh, conference championships and Super Bowl, those are that's a team I'm going to be taking a look at and just you know made a lot of big moves this year. You know, signed Quinn and Dunbar, traded for Jamal Adams. You know, you got vets coming in like Greg Olson, Bruce Irving, already added to a strong core of players. And I'm expecting big things from Metcalf, Chris Carson this year, and especially Russell Wilson. I love him this year. And you know, Kyler Murray, great, Jimmy Garoppolo, great, Jared Goff, eh. So I don't think anyone in this division is ready to dethrone Russell Wilson and the Seahawks team this year. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's break down these teams a little bit. We'll go team by team. First off with the Cardinals, they're over under win total sitting at around seven to seven and a half some places. Um, I think, you know, that that could be a very, very good number right there at seven. 
Um, yeah, obviously add DeAndre Hopkins, but you bring in Jordan Phillips as well, obviously from, from the Bills. Can he reproduce what he was able to do with those interior rush numbers? We'll see. Um, he obviously got that big contract. Now can he live up to it? They also added Devon Kennard, so I think that's a huge addition to them, as well as Isaiah Simmons, who they got in the draft. I think that really gives them a lot of dynamic guys there on the defense, along with Chandler Jones. I think they're going to be able to get some good pass rushing. And you look at what the Cardinals did well last year. They were they led the NFL in rush efficiency offense and explosive rush offense. I think, you know, having Kyler Murray there – and it, you don't have maybe the most explosive guys in the backfield, but, you know, Chase Edmonds can do a lot of different things. And I think you have a lot of weapons there now with Christian Kirk getting more experience now. You still have Larry Fitzgerald there. I think they're one of those teams that you're going to have to keep an eye on the whole year. Um, and then them to make the playoffs plus 260, that, that might be a pretty good bet because if – that NFC West sort of all beats itself up, but the Cardinals are able to stay afloat within it. They can pretty easily slide into a wild card, I think, with some easy games on their um, on their docket. They're also playing the NFC East, so you have you know the Washington Football Team and the New York Giants. Those should be pretty winnable games for them. And the AFC East, you're going to be playing the Dolphins and the Jets. Those should be some winnable games. So I think the Cardinals have a good chance at getting to the playoffs as well. Definitely. Cardinals, I think, are going to be a bit of a darling this season, potentially, if Kyler takes those next steps. Mm -hmm. D-Hop was a huge addition. You know, Larry Fitzgerald's still kicking somehow. And, you know, you got guys like Christian Kirk. You brought up Chase Edmonds. I mean, there's guys all over the field who can make plays for them. I think they just brought in – Max Williams as well, the tight end. Uh, re-signed Buda Baker, who's, you know, mm -hmm. helping lead that defense, uh, keep it up there. And I really like that over seven. If you can find seven, I'd smash that because I think seven's kind of their floor. Yeah. Uh, seven and a half, I'm still hitting, though. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of winnable, favorable matchups on their schedule. And I think this is a team that's going to have a lot of close games, you know, multiple games won or lost by – five or less points so you're hoping some of those swing in their direction yeah. this last year. year last year they struggled in some of those one score games there were three and five in one score games actually um, and that's something that does generally fluctuate year to year in the NFL you sort of get bad luck one year good luck another year um, so I think that's something if the Cardinals turn that around they easily get over seven wins I think yeah I love that play yeah, so let's move on now to the Los Angeles Rams, a team who is not far removed from the the, or the Super Bowl, like we said before. They were a very interesting team last season. They, you know, fell from 13-3 and three to 9-7, and seven, but really had to get some big wins late on in the season, trying to get themselves into the playoffs, but just ended up missing out there. But you lose guys like Brandon Cooks, Dante Fowler, Eric Weddle, um, Roby Coleman, Todd Gurley, who did sort of struggle. But some legitimate names who contributed immensely on that team, they really just replaced them with Leonard Floyd. They went out and spent a good, some good money on him, as well as A'shaun Robinson to plug up in the middle. 
I don't know if, you know, that's going to be enough. But you also bring in Cam Akers, who could be a dynamic running back. I think if he's able to do that, that really makes up for what the Rams struggled with last year. Um, They really struggled running the ball on first down. In 2018, that's where they succeeded. Um, They faced an average of only 5.7 yards to go after first down or for second down. Um, which was second best in the NFL, as opposed to 7.2 yards in 2019, which was one of the one of the lowest uh, in the NFL. So that's a huge difference because that's where we saw that efficiency from Todd Gurley and that running offense really falter. And they went to the play action more often, which isn't the best thing to do when your running game isn't really working because they're going to key in on that. They're not leaning run. They're not worried really about the run. So the movements they made and, you know, Sean McVay not necessarily getting out of those ruts, I'm, I'm interested to see what really happens with this team this year. Yeah, they're an interesting team. They're a team that I think, though, is trending down. You know, I love Sean McVay. He's a great head coach. What he did when he first came there was awesome, and he's going to have, you know, an incredible career coaching in the NFL as long as he sticks with it. But I really – I just don't like Jared Goff. I want to like him. I know he puts up the numbers and stuff, but he's just missing that it factor. That I think in a division like they're in, you need it quarterback. And, you know, Cam Akers, I like him as an addition to help boost that running game because who knows what was going on with the whole girly situation, his knees. or So that was kind of mishandled. But, you know, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods – Guys who can catch a lot of balls and are great, you know, after the catch, running intermediate, easier routes for Jared Goff to help succeed with him. And a lot of people are high on Tyler Higby coming into this season. You know, I think he's good. I don't think he's crazy, you know, value like some people are drafting that in fantasy and such. But, you know, this is a team I think I'm going to hit their under for their team total wins this season. I think they're trending down and I just don't have enough confidence in Jared Goff. Yeah. Right now there's total sitting right around eight generally um, about plus plus one fifty. Yes. To make the playoffs minus one eighty two. No, for me, it's, it's a very interesting thing with the Rams. You thought, you know, with Sean McVay, it's this newer style of offense let's move let's be quick let's use the pass to set up the run that sort of thing and he he sort of began to go against that last year you look at what they were doing later on in the season using a lot more of that 12 personnel that's why Tyler Higby was getting out there as much as he was he was the highest scoring fantasy tight end from league or weeks 11 through 17, which included a four-game stretch where he became the first tight end in league history to have at least seven receptions and 100 receiving yards in four consecutive games, which that's why, you know, people see this upside for him. And, you know, you lose Brandon Cooks, so that's another guy out of that mix. Do you know, do you think all those catches go to Higby? Well, maybe Van Jefferson can step in and get some of those. I think he's a good addition for them. Um, let's see what the what they're going to get on the on the outside as far as pass rush. Obviously, you need Leonard Floyd to really step up there because you have Aaron Donald. You add Ashawn Robinson to that. That's nice, but you know, can you get that a pass rush from the outside as well? You still got Jalen Ramsey there, but Eric Weddle's gone now, and you know, John Johnson 
good two productive years before, but last year his coverage number is really down. So let's see what they can do. They're, they're one of these teams who I think it, it could be either way. You could see them with five wins or you could see it with 12 wins. Yeah, they're a piece or two away on offense and defense. You know, they're missing that explosive playmaker on offense, I think, you know. Maybe Cam Akers can be that. Maybe Higby will continue, you know, what he flashed at the end of last season and become a superstar tight end, join that upper echelon. But I still feel like they're just missing a piece. Yeah, it does feel that way. Like, in they didn't have, you know, a first-round pick to go and use two second-round picks and, like, a third and then some late-round picks. So them making some of the, those trades they did when it felt like it was boom or bust – well, now you're sort of feeling the kickback from that. That's why you got to, you know, be calculated when you try to go all in with some of those moves. But let's move on now to the San Francisco 49ers. Won the division last year, went to the Super Bowl, and unfortunately blew a late lead in that fourth quarter, giving up 21 points in about five minutes to that Chiefs offense. This year you got them sitting at around 10 and a half, for their team total and also to make the playoffs minus 335 no plus 260 and at the creek you can bet yes plus 5000 for them to be, finish exactly 16 and 0 you taking it you know i want to fully buy into this team i love their roster but just something about them, I don't think they replicate what they did last season. I feel like that was a bit of magic. Not calling it a fluke because, I mean, there's some crazy talent on that team. You have guys like George Kittle on offense, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, people are up and down on it, seems. But I think he's a very, you know, more than serviceable quarterback in the NFL. And he struggled at times last year, schemed around him a bit, the offense, to help him succeed. So, I'm going to need him to take another step, honestly, to really prove it. You know, they added some guys like Brandon Iwalk in the draft. I like him a lot. He was one of my favorite receivers. I think he's a guy who can catch a lot of balls and do something when he gets the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just – I feel like, you know, not that they're missing something. I just feel like they're riding too high right now. You know, expectations might be too high for them. I feel like ten and a half is a really good number for them. It makes it tough because I feel a lot of people are going to want to go over based off the last season, yep. definitely. But And people, people tend to bet now. the overs, which, uh, yeah, like obviously you want to root for more wins usually than less wins. Like you, you want to bet on your team to go over. But when you look at the lines, if you add everything up, it's always greater than 256. So that means more of these teams are going to go under than go over. So you got to go into it knowing that it's not just going to be over, over, over city. Yeah, you think these teams are going to be good, but some of them aren't going to be good that you think are. But I think when you look at this team, they lost some key players, but they had almost, you know, direct replacements that are going to come in and play should play very well for them. You lose Joe Staley to retirement, but you trade and you get Trent Williams. You know, you lose to Forrest Buckner in the middle of that defensive line, but you go out and you draft Javon Kinlaw. Um, you lose Emmanuel Sanders, you go out and get Brandon Ayuk. So I think, you know, that bodes well for them. A lot of these national pundits were on Jimmy Garoppolo for, you know, what happened there in the NFC um, you know, title game and the week before that, and they just got all over him. But 
it wasn't really his fault. They're just running the running the hell out of the ball. Like you can't really put that against him. And you know, through three quarters in the Super Bowl, he was 17 to 20 with 9.2 yards per attempt, a 65% success rate on passes, which was much better than Mahomes was at that point. Mahomes really got a you know a, a good solid five minute stretch there and really turned things around. Jimmy G was probably the MVP if they held on to that lead. So. I think they're a team that could still be sneaky good, but you know, you could see them taking a step back. Like you said, I don't know. I think they're going to be good. I would take, uh, I think I'm, I'm leaning the over still for them. See, I think I'm leaning the under because, and I think it comes down to games within the division within this team. You know, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to struggle in the division, you know, they could lose a game or two to the cards. You never know. I think they could easily lose both to the Seahawks. Uh, you just don't know in that division. They could go two and four, four and two. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't, you know, that's good. what's going to swing their over under. And that's why I'm going to lean the under because I think I like the over for the Cardinals. And I think, you know, that one of their games could be the difference between the over under for both of these teams this season. And I'm going to choose to lean the Cardinals a bit. And one note on the Niners, though, that I do like, every now and then, you know, I kind of just really root for a player. And this year, I'm all the way in on Jerry McKinnon. You know, two years ago, they signed him to a pretty big four-year, $30 million deal, bunch of guaranteed money after McKinnon had a nearly 1,000-yard season, super efficient on limited touches. And, you know, it seemed like a great fit for their offense, a guy who's going to plug right in. Tears at ACL in 2018. Last year, big hope for him coming back in. Re-aggravates that injury and misses the year again. So two years off, they still have him on the team. And he there's just tons of praise coming out about this guy coming from camp, saying he looks better than he ever has, fully recovered, and the knee isn't an issue, which I think was a good reason you know, to keep him out last year, to let him take that time if they truly believe in him, which that contract proves so. He's sitting on th- third on the depth chart right now, but he's a guy to keep an eye out for this year to, you know, people will be like, oh, he's still in the league. I forgot about him. He might make some big plays. And, you know, plus 10,000 NFL comeback player of the year. Might take a dart there. That's not a bad idea. You got to get that dartboard up and going. We need it. We need it. Yep. But um, let's get on to the, your Seahawks right now. You you said they – that they're your favorite to win the NFC West. They're over under sitting at nine and a half right now. Yes, to make the playoffs minus 137, no plus 113. Some big additions there, but mainly, mainly, you know, just bringing in Greg Olson, getting Bruce Irvin back. Um, you, you go out, you draft Jordan Brooks, like you get Brandon Shell in there to replace some of those offensive linemen you lost. So, not, you know, total chaos out there. You know, you trade and you get Jamal Adams. I think that's the biggest, you know, thing you could have done, yeah. done for that defense. Yeah, you know, getting him, uh, Quinn and Dunbar, to another guy they I think they traded for, actually. And just adding to that secondary that was already, you know, showing to be young but strong last season. I love those additions. You know, Legion of Boom back, I'm not going to say that, but <laughs> – you know, I really like their defense. I love Pete Carroll. You know, another guy people love to hate that I just am drawn to for some reason, his coaching style and stuff. Although I think he, sh- you know, should have ran it in there <laughs> in the Super Bowl. But this is just a 
big, good team. I hated DK Metcalf coming out of the draft. People wanted Bills to draft him. I was so against it. He kind of proved me wrong last year, translating to the NFL, which I didn't think he would. And even bigger steps going to come out of him this year. You still got guys like Tyler Lockett out there who can stretch the field for you. Philip Dorsett they brought in, you know. Just a lot of speed there on offense. Chris Carson's a running back who I really, really like. And, um, oh, man, his name's escaping me right now. I think his name's DJ Dallas, a rookie running back for them who's really impressing in camp. He's a guy who they said they're kind of already making some packages for. And from what I've seen from him, he can be an exciting addition that people are overlooking right now. But Russell Wilson is just that guy. Off the field, he's a bit of a, you know, you know, just uh-huh. weirdo. But on the field, he is a world beater. And I think he's going to get another Super Bowl before he retires. This year seems like, you know, not that he's retiring anytime soon. But this year is a prime year for the Seahawks to, you know, jump and really make a big push into the playoffs. And so I love their team total over, and I love them to win this division, especially, you know, at that 22 to 20 to one, uh, or two to one, two, uh, two and a half to one odds you can get out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think I'm worried about their pass rush losing Quentin Jefferson up the middle, one of the most efficient. He was the fifth uh, in pass rush win rate, I believe it is. I'm trying to think of the acronym. I was like, yep, that's it. Um, among all defensive tackles. So he, he's just up there with some of the best. And you have Jadavion Clowney, you lose as well. Um, you're going to need to replace that from somewhere. Are you going to get it from LJ Collier, who you're your 2019 first-round pick who couldn't really get on the field at all last year? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. You got to hope someone like Puna Ford up the middle can really step up. Uh, Jaron Reed's okay against the run, but can't really do it much against the pass. So hopefully, you know, you also added Benson Mayawa, not a big name, but had a very good pressure rate. You also cut uh, Shaquem Griffin, who is known for getting to the quarterback. So I'm hoping they got something figured out there, but I, I just don't know how that defense is going to piece itself together right now. So for me, that's a team I'm staying away from because I think they, I think they probably get in here at nine wins maybe, and obviously that's an under, and I don't like betting unders. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. You know, there's a team I'm really bought into this year. Got a good feeling about them. Josh Gordon. I always support him. <laughs> it's, so. <laughs> it's, it's possible he could be back. So they obviously recently just signed him to an extension. Obviously, he's going to have to get cleared from the league and everything else, but we'll see how that plays out. Moving on now to the AFC West, looking at the board right now for the division winner. Chiefs are huge favorites at minus 455. Chargers at plus 800. Broncos at plus 900. Raiders at plus 1,200. Any value here on these underdogs, or do you think the Chiefs AFC West is just good parlay fodder if you're futuring? Parlay fodder. I want, you know, I'm always looking for value, always want a reason to take an underdog. Mm-hmm. I actually like the Chargers. You know, I love, I've always liked the Chargers as, you know, my, kind of my second AFC team. And I hope Tyrod Taylor, you know, gets some playing time for them. But 
not sure what's going to go on there. I it's just it's just the Chiefs division. They're not losing this as long as Patrick Mahomes stays healthy. It's all theirs. Yep, yep. I I I think I agree with you completely on that. So we're gonna do something a little different on this division. Um, any teams you like here exactly, you know, specifically for their team totals or, you know, maybe to make the playoffs, you got Broncos plus 180 to make the playoffs, Chargers plus 150 to make it, or the Raiders plus 255. You know, I kind of like the Raiders this year. Derek Carr had an off year last year, but they added some good weapons to that team. And, I don't like Gruden either. I, it's just a team I don't like a lot of things about them, but I think that there is the potential there for that offense to potentially explode and be, you know, really good as long as Carr can – he just needs to take that next step. You know, he's been on the fringe, you know, being bad, being good, whatever, you know, back and forth. And he's a guy I want to like because he has the tools to be good. So the Raiders might have a bit of value there, but I'm all in on the Chiefs. I mean – that defense is going to be solid again this year. They re-signing Chris Jones was just massive for them. I love Mahomes for, you know, MVP mm-hmm. leading the league in touchdowns. They're receiving core Tyreek Hill. You got Sammy Watkins, of course, and Nicole Hardman is a guy I think is going to, you know, open a lot of eyes this year, seeing the field more than his rookie year last year. I love Nicole Hardman, Kelsey, obviously, and then drafting CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, probably the most talented running back in the draft, but an absolute perfect fit for that offense. I don't see him as, you know, this crazy productive running back who's being drafted like an average draft position of eighth in fantasy leagues. I don't see that. I see him being very good for them and being a piece that's going to help them out and help them succeed this year. Uh, But don't expect him to be like some sort of, you know, MVP caliber running back right off the bat. Yeah, no, I don't think so right away, but I think he'll integrate well into that offense. You saw him really do a good job integrating himself into the passing offense and expanding his role there at LSU as offense sort of transitioned into a more pass-heavy scheme. Um, He looked to be very comfortable in that, was able to do some big things there with Burrow. I think that does continue. I don't know if he's going to get enough volume immediately because he's still got Damian Williams looking good. So – I think for me, the one team I would look at is the Denver Broncos to go over. I mean, you look at what they did after Drew Luck came in. They looked like a completely different team. And just getting him more and more weapons in the draft, I think you got to love what they're doing there if you're a Broncos fan. You get Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. Those are two real good wide receivers that can do some very, very good things. You get Melvin Gordon as well in that backfield. That'll be an interesting, interesting team to watch. I just think with, you know, Cortland Sutton now getting into his second season, he really started to stand out as well. Um, You got Noah Fant there at tight end who had a couple games where he was really starting to flash as well. These guys are just sort of getting into their rhythm and now being together for a second season and you just start to supplement all these weapons sort of the way that the bills have you just slowly supplement your weapons and keep bringing in some young guys and then maybe make some trades maneuvers whatever 
and you get to that next level. I like them adding A.J. Bouye, too. I think that's a huge move for them for that defense. Um, and obviously Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are going to be huge there on the outsides for that defense. They could be a sneaky team that could potentially get into the playoffs, you know, almost there at that two to one mark at plus 180 or, you know, seven for the over. I think if you go to the eight and a half, it's right. Yeah. Eight and a half is plus 180. So basically they're insinuating it's going to take you nine wins to get into the playoffs at that rate. Maybe I'd take the over eight and a half rather than the playoffs, just because I think it might be a little safer. But one more wild card team this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So, eh, you know, either or on that one to me. Yeah, that's one I can, you know, look at. It depends if, you know, Drew Locke you saw him in a limited role at the end of last year. If he can build off of that, continue what he was mm-hmm. showing, flashing there. Like you said, they added a ton of weapons. He's absolutely in a position to succeed. Um, that running back room's a bit crowded, but there's a ton of talent there that they could take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Noah Fant, looking for him to take a step. I love Cortland Sutton this year. Jerry Judy maybe won't be the best receiver from this receiver class, but I think he's the most NFL ready to come in and contribute. So it's all pointing up for them, too. And like you said, that defense – they got a good pass rush to the linebackers. There's talent there. And that defense overall, if they can really, you know, outperform the expectations they have this year, Broncos could be another team that, you know, wins nine games. Yeah. Yep. Any uh, player props you'd like for any of the NFC West or AFC West guys? Um, some of the stuff I was looking at was just um, for NFC West. I'm actually, you know, looking at Cliff Kingsbury, coach of the year, a little bit. Uh, That's at 15 to 1. So there's great value there. I mean, he came in, he implemented that, you know, nice offense for Kyler last year, had them looking good. We talked about them and the moves they made and how, you know, that's a team that's definitely trending upwards, could hit their over. And they just kind of had to, they don't have to, you know, win-win but if they make the playoffs they win you know 10 games or something Mm -hmm. Kyler looks awesome that's you know they like to look for like the younger coaches who are newer and really working with something fresh you know for the coach of the year so that's a guy I'm looking at there and uh back to AFC just Mahomes for the most passing touchdowns and most passing yards to lead the league regular season this year. He's four to one for both of those. Like I said, I think he's the best quarterback in this league. If he stays healthy, he has maybe the best weapons in this league too. That offense is just absolutely tailored for him to succeed. And if he stays upright and healthy this season, that's free money to me. Plus 400. I love, hit it. I'm probably going to hit both of them. I like the passing TD one a little more than the yards, but probably going to take a flyer on both of those. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking here at this Drew Locke total for passing yards, 3,550 and a half. Um, if you look at what he did last season in his five starts, only 1,020 yards, extrapolate that out, put it over a 16-game season, somewhere around 3,200 yards. I think he's going to take a step forward plus – adding some weapons there, you're going to increase that. So you only really need to add, you find, you know, yourself 300 yards 
from a, you know, a 204, you know, yard average. So I think he could find that if he stays healthy, plays 16 games, I think that one should go over pretty well. Um, and then you got the Clyde Edwards Hilaire total rushing yards, 850 and a half. That one is very intriguing to me. I think with Damian Williams and with the way that offense goes, he's going to be used a lot in that passing game. I think he's going to get a lot of yards that way. And you'll look at the size of these guys. Damian Williams a little bigger, a little better in some of these short yardage situations. He's likely to get more of these red zone touches as well. So looking at the yardage, I think I'm going to go with the under. I still think he's going to be very valuable in fantasy because he's going to catch a lot of balls as well. I love that. Yeah, definitely the under there for me, because not that he's a guy that can eventually turn into that thousand yard rusher, but he shows more value in that passing game. They're going to probably try to use him as much as possible there. A lot of outside zone run styles, but Damian Williams is still there to, you know, kind of be the between the tackles guy. Not that he's really geared for that, but he is more than Hilaire. So Mm -hmm. I like the under there. I think he's a guy who can have, you know, 1,600 yards, 1,500 yards this season combined rushing and uh, receiving. But majority of that, I think, going to come from the rush game. He's going to be used almost as a receiver out of the backfield a lot. Yep, I, I agree with you exactly on that one. I think another interesting one, though, is going to be looking at Kyler Murray. Because he's got a rushing total as well here at 475 and a half. I like that one to go over. I think even with more weapons here, they're going to be focused on them more. I think you're going to probably be able to get some more of these underneath runs. You see that sometimes when Josh Allen is having very good performances, a lot of it, you know, it just, or the running games opening up a lot of this on these bootlegs, things like that. I think Kyler Murray, smart enough, knows when to take advantage of them. Um, he was successful on, you know, over 48% of his rushes last season. So it's not something the team's going to tell him to get away from, um, not taking too many big hits, ended up with four rushing touchdowns. I think that probably goes up too by a little bit. You get a little bit more comfortable in the pocket and you think some of these guys are going to run less, but they're just more comfortable seeing the entire field. If they're able to figure out what the defense is in, they can catch them in man, they get you know, some good runs underneath to get some first downs. That's where some of these young quarterbacks can get themselves into some rhythm, especially when they struggle in some of these games early on. And that can open up a lot more than passing. And then they start hitting them over the top, over the top, and then boom, you get a big run as well mixed in. So I'd like the over on that. Yeah, I like that too. Um, Another one I'm looking at for the Cardinals would be uh, DeAndre Hopkins is over under for receiving yards at 1125. You know, this is a guy who's going to come in and be the focal point of that offense for Murray, you know, to attack. They still have good options like Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Larry Fitzgerald, obviously, but this is one, you know, I'm kind of going back and forth on, but right now I like the over, you know, D hops a dude who 1500 almost 1600 yards in 2018 1165 last year he's catching 100 balls a season yeah it was, was real low in yards per reception and yeah. yards per target so most of that's not really due he's to himself off a, yeah 
yeah, he's coming off a low year where he wasn't utilized to the best, I guess, you know. He was a little unhappy at times. Not that he still didn't put up numbers, but I think that that plus, you know, Kyler just being in his second year has, you know, 11.25 is kind of low for him. So, right now, I think I'm looking at the over for the yardage on that. Touchdowns at 8.5, probably going to avoid. I want to talk myself into the over on that. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's some mouths to feed on that offense. So, I want to lean the over. But right now, I like the over at his receiving yards. Yeah, and it, most of these receivers have had, you know, elite receivers – 10 of these, like 12 receivers, I believe it was, um, who were, you know, higher scoring PPR receivers who moved teams, ended up like struggling the next season, not getting into back into the top 12, five of the six. I don't even know. I can't even figure it out. But a whole bunch of them ended up having lower seasons the year after. It's tough. But Hopkins was already having sort of a down season. So I think, you know, you're going to see a little bit of an uptick on mm-hmm. what was a down season for him. Normally he's way, way up there um, and just barely was able to get over the 1100 mark last year. So I like that to bounce back. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. And all right. Probably about it for that. Yep. I'm pretty much all locked in for that, for the AFC and NFC West. Make sure you lock everything in and give a call to Paza electric. If you need any help with, any electrical project, they'll be sure to hook you up. 716-698-2711. For Meerkat and myself, Ty B, go get that free money. Good night now.